Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hello everyone, welcome back to Where East Meets West, a consistent dialogue about how we bring the best of who we are to make the world into a better place. It's been my absolute joy to be collaborating with Eplog along with America Meditating Radio and to be having these discussions with individuals that are doing so much in the world. And as you all know with my background, half Indian, half African, raised in America, I think I do good for looking at what East meets West means to me. And as you know, I've just stayed in the middle. I continue to see the aspects of both sides and see what are the strengths that are there. I want us to come together and find ways to bridge our vision and find ways to make the world into a better place. So where East meets West is all about doing just that, that we can be different, but yet we can work together and find a beautiful symphony, find something extremely helpful and useful to our society and to our world. I'm really excited about today's conversation because Sandeep Das was someone I came across online and I just paused listening to his tabla and his music and I just said, wow, he's amazing. He's in America. Oh, that would be great for where East meets West. And so just to give you a little bit of an update of who we're about to have a heartfelt conversation with, Sandeep Das is a composer, educator, and one of the leading tabla maestros in our world. He leads a prolific international music career characterized by tradition, innovation, and the passion for spreading the big L-O-V-E, love and joy. He's one of the unique Indian classical musicians to actively seek a new context for his instrument. And since his debut concert with Ravi Shankar at the age of 17, he has gone on to perform with iconic artists such as Yo-Yo Ma and Paquito de Rivera at prestigious revenues ranging from the Carnegie Hall to the Royal Albert Hall. Performances for significant events such as the opening ceremony of the Special Olympics, the 150th anniversary of the United Nations for dignitaries such as the Queen of England and the Queen of Thailand, the Pope and various other world leaders have established him as a highly sought-after performer all around the globe. Sandeep frequently visits top institutions as an artist in residence and has composed several places that have received the international acclaim. He has made a musical and spiritual mission out of transporting the classical music of the native India to the West and around the world. Talk about a perfect individual for where East meets West. Welcome everyone, Sandeep Das. Sandeep, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you very much. You said perfect individual. If only my wife would ever consider that word for me. So I will, I bet. I will take it when it comes from anyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me and I can already see we'll have fun. 
Of course. Well, you know what? Before we got live, we were talking about your passion of golf. Both of us have this passion of golf, which is a Western process, and yet you are here playing the tabla, which definitely originated out of India, and talk about where East meets West. It's awesome. Tell me a little bit about these passions that you are living through, the tabla and golfing. You know, it's like a beautiful balance of really two different entities. Great question. I would say both happen in my life by accident. My first love or my first passion tabla happened because my father got a complaint from school that I have been disturbing the class by tapping on the desk. And when I'm asked to stop, I start tapping with my feet. I was seven years old, so my father went to the school and he was told that I should be taken to a doctor. I thought, oh my God, I go back home tonight, doctors, injections, whatnot. Yet when I reached home, my father, instead of being angry or upset at me, had a big smile on his face and there was something on the coffee table. So I looked at that, looked at my father. I said, what are those? And my father said, that's a tabla and your lessons start tonight. And he took me to my first guru, Sri Shiv Kumar Singh Ji. And then a few years later to my next guru, the maestro Pandit Kishan Maharaj Ji. That was something that I fell in love with right away. So much so that I remember I couldn't wait for my school to end so that I could run back and play on that drum. Golf also similarly uh, happened by accident. I was actually in Connecticut uh, in a small town called Norfolk. I have these lovely friends, Catherine Devers and John Fernandez. They would always take me home between concerts and we were sitting in his house and he suddenly said, hey Sandeep, you are from India, you play cricket, right? So I said, yeah, I've played cricket. He says, okay, then come with me. And he took me to a golf driving range. I had seen golf on television, but I had never seen a golf ball or a club up front. And he gave me a club and he said, here's a ball, go hit it. And I hit and he was like, oh my God, I knew you would be a natural. But that same was... Same thing that happened to me. That's the same thing that happened to me when I was taken out for golf. I know the feeling. Yes. So it was the beginning of the end. I got infected with the golf disease and have been in love with both. I find tremendous similarities in both, playing the tabla and the golf, and I would be happy dying either playing tabla or playing golf. That's how much I love them both. That is so sweet. Well, congratulations for being able to combine two so separate entities, but yet two that carry some sort of a spiritual fragrance. Mm -hmm. You go into the music and you're taken away from that. You're transported into another space. So in addition to like Indian classical music, you also incorporate other genres in your music. Can you tell us a little bit about how would you describe your musical style today? Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate that at the right time of my life, I have met the right people. And my biggest prayer has always been to God, not to make me famous or to make me rich. I'm not at all an ambitious person. My prayer always has been that don't shut my eyes, ears to my own mistakes, keep them open when there is an opportunity to learn. So my second guru that I had the longest journey with for 12 years, though he was a traditionalist, superstar legend, old school, yet he was very futuristic. He would always say, go look what's next. 
what can you do with this? He once taught me a composition and asked me to recite it like a couple of months later. I recited it and he said, next. And I said, oh, but Guruji, you only taught me one. And he said, oh, so you're sitting on it like a hen for the eggs to hatch. By now, my son, you should have made 10 out of that one. And those 10 would be yours. So, you know, right from the beginning, my father who had the vision to put me in that direction, my guru who pushed me in the direction to look beyond, that helped me. So when I'm talking about how my style is right now, when I play tabla, it doesn't matter if I'm playing with the New York Philharmonic or the Boston Symphony or with Yoyoma or with a rock star from China, I'm still playing pure Banaras style of tabla. So I'm not diluting what I play musically, yet what I have done is I have gathered information for three decades of playing all over the world. I am not shy because my guru hasn't stopped me, actually he pushed me in letting those informations that I have gathered shape the direction or the flavor or the joy that I want to spread with my music. And why I'm saying this is also sometimes people get confused. Oh, he's playing Western music these days. Oh, he's playing fusion music. No, there is no such word as fusion music. I am still playing pure Indian tabla, but with information that I have gathered for these three decades or more of playing so that I cannot be put in a box. You cannot say, oh, Sandeep plays tabla like this. I would rather be happy when I'm playing with Sister Jenna. Everybody feels all my life I have only played with Sister Jenna. That's my success. Or even Sister Jenna should feel when she's singing or playing the sitar that, wow, Sandeep is playing with me for the first time, but it seems he has played with me all my life. That's my style, that whoever I'm playing with, the artists, the musicians, or whoever I'm playing for, the audience, they should feel that they have known me. There is a connection, both ways, artist and audience. And as long as that connection is happening, there is happiness, there is joy. Can I just tell you yes. how much what you have said resonates with me? Oh, wow. Because I think sometimes we put ourselves in boxes, and I'm not saying the path of an anomaly is very difficult because they're kind of a loner. You know, they're, they're the only mold out there. But because of them, they're also opening up people's minds and hearts to see things in a different way, to help people to get out of their limited belief systems and their attachments. And that's what you have done with your music. And one of the things that I've liked and what I was pulling from what you said is that you receive the information, but you still stay in your roots of the music that comes from your culture. And so the fact that you know who you are, that sounds so much like me, Sandeep. Deep in my spirituality, I know who I am, but I don't have to prove to you I'm spiritual. I'm just living and I'm enjoying everyone's life and the way everyone shows up here and there. And I think it's so important for us to understand that when we can see two sides of the spectrum, life becomes more tasteful and it becomes more musical and definitely more beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Some musicians say that they get inspired by God, the divine. What does your inspiration come from? Not just the information, right? Sometimes when you're playing, do you stay with a particular tone that you have rehearsed or when you go on stage, you allow that energy to take you over and then the music comes? What do you do? So, you know, it's very funny. 
first of all, uh, even if I've had a thought before a concert that, okay, I'm going to play at Sister Jenna's ashram, this is what I'm going to play because this is the kind of thought process they have or this is what she has been preaching, I have never been able to stick to any of my plans ever in my life. So there have been times, oh, this is a very important concert. I'm thinking of doing this. By the time I'm on the wings, I don't even remember what I had thought. As I am stepping on stage, I have already changed. As I'm sitting in my Vajrasan posture and I touch my tabla, maybe even then I have a certain thought, but when I touch my tabla, the tabla says something else that night. And it's very different than playing a Western score where everything's written down. So, you know, our tradition also pushes us in that way to be more present in the present. So my tone of the tabla could shape the concert that night. It's the vibes. I walk on stage and the audience tells me that particular night, even if it's the same city, I have played concerts, say three nights in a row, every night the audience gives me a different message. Also, you mm -hmm. know, as I'm playing, maybe I'm on a certain path, but through the concert also I'm constantly changing. So if you had asked me before the concert as I was leaving the hotel, I would have told you something. When I reached the venue, I would tell you something. Wings, I might tell you something. End of concert, I have also forgotten what I play. Sign of geniuses, isn't it? <laughs> I am not a genius at all. I'm very the true genius is that they catch the signal at the right time. I don't know how many lectures I've done. It's thousands, okay? I have never once prepared for one. <laughs> never. Because you are absolutely right. When you get onto the stage, even just as you're walking in the backstage and these thoughts in your personality are stirring around, the people's expectation as a vibration on you are also impacting you and stirring you. And then you get onto that stage and it's just you, God, your talent, and the moment. Mm -hmm. And there's something very healing in that. You know, nowadays you're hearing a lot of people talking about sound healing, that music can also be a very big part of the healing. Could you talk a little bit about some of the music that you do and how you also feel that it is a form of healing? As a child, I had a massive accident just before a concert. Probably I was 13 or 14 years old. So my legs got hurt and I was bleeding profusely. So my father said, you know, let's cancel the concert and the presenters too. And I said, no, but I want to play. I went up on stage, as you know, in Indian concerts, we wear a kurta and a pajama. When I got off stage, my entire right leg, the pajama was red with blood because the bleeding wouldn't stop because I was also exerting myself. But I didn't feel any pain, any discomfort. And actually I felt better and I healed faster. And I have always seen that, that if I'm running a temperature, if I'm feeling unwell, instead of popping a pill, if I just pull my instrument out and I play, that is my first and best medicine. Also experiences like, you know, I was once playing in a cathedral in Zurich and I remember it was one of those moments where I know I left my body because everything was lined up in a way that I can't explain. Midway through the concert, I know I wasn't there and I came back and I was like, oh my God, I'm playing a concert. Did I miss a beat? But when I looked around, the sitar player I was playing with, the audience, 
nobody had missed anything. So, you know, those are moments that told me as I was growing up that I consider I'm very lucky, I'm very blessed that I was born to the right parents. I went and lived with a guru who was a Siddha Purush in a city like Banaras, where I have experienced things that I have started understanding barely in the last 10 years. And whatever my destiny from my previous birth was that I was given this instrument as my path. Yes, music heals. Different music heals different people differently. But it's like a doctor can't heal you unless you surrender completely. A medicine doesn't work on you unless you trust that medicine. Music is as simple as that. Beautiful. The reason why I'm saying that to you is since the pandemic, I've been just wanting to play music. I used to play cello back in the day, but I haven't touched anything at all. I don't even remember notes anymore. Uh I've taken out the piano, I've taken out the guitar, I've taken out the tabla, and they're sitting there in the corner. And just you talking about that moment where you felt that your soul was no longer in your body, but yet everything was aligned. I'm telling you, I think one of the greatest gifts that East and West can actually attain from each other is the fact that we must recognize that there is a soul in us and that if we come from that place of soul awareness, the magic and the beauty that can take place would be golden-aged. It will be fantastic in terms of the world becoming a better place. Now, being in America and growing here, what do you think is the gift that is emerging through this incarnation for you in America? So I was not born or raised here. I was born and raised in India. I have been playing in the US since 1990, but I never lived here. I moved here only eight years back. Okay. So that's one thing, but I have definitely gotten a lot from this amazing country. So I have traveled and seen a lot of this country more than a lot of people who were born and raised here. I also feel it's a very spiritual country. Sometimes I feel though spirituality and Indian philosophy and Indian Vedas and scriptures and saints are all there, but we are unfortunately forgetting those things more in India. And you know, what is spirituality? Spirituality is not what we find in definitions, in books or by doing a search on Uncle Google. Spirituality is kindness, goodness, generosity, respect, understanding, letting go, embracing. So this country, I feel, has a lot more spiritual people in the present because they are kind, they don't judge you. They have such beautiful qualities, the qualities of discipline, the qualities of punctuality. Even as a musician, try bringing an Indian, say, for example, I'm a Bengali, and say a Carnatic musician is coming to perform, how many people from Bengal are going to listen to that Carnatic concert? Whereas what I find incredible that as a citizen or person living in the West, especially in this country, they don't judge you by the name. They're at least ready to try it first. I find that incredible. They will come to your concert first. Whether they like what you present or not, will they come back to your presentation again is a different thing. So that way I feel this country is very spiritual and it is full of great people. I have always gotten love, warmth, welcome, great learning. And who am I to speak about its greatness? That's why this country has produced great people in every genre, in every realm of life. 
And if not, so I wouldn't have moved here. Actually, I thought you were raised here because of just the way you're so open and you're so integrating with things. And a lot of individuals, not to say this is a judgment, but sometimes with some Indians, it's very hard for them to sort of integrate in Washington or in the nation's capital where we are. You can find all Indians live in this area. And I'm Gujarati, I'm Punjabi, so Punjabis are like this, Gujus are like this, and yeah, I get that. To be able to just accept, like everyone has something to offer, and I think you've hit it on the nail. It's a cultural thing, like, oh yeah, Gujus are always like that. And no, they're not. They're souls, and they're children of God, so what can we learn together? Absolutely. India will always have great people, but I think the invasion of internet, the invasion of television, I feel taking our youth in a wrong direction. We have great people. We have lovely musician friends, Shubha Mutgal, she's a dearest Didi of mine, learned, deep. But you know, how much is the society in general aware of what we have and what we should be pursuing? So from that point of view, this is a great country. No, it was perfect. Look, you started this organization called Harmony and Universality Through Music. Could you share with us a little bit about what it stands for and what you're doing with it? It was Yo-Yo Ma. In my life, I consider him to be the greatest human being that I have met. In the past 20 years, he taught me how it is more important to be a good human being first, musician second, and a tabla player last. So we were in Chicago, and I was walking with him for a very important press conference and that's when this thought hit me that I have been touring with him for 20 years. What have I done to take this effort ahead? And the answer to myself was nothing. I go back to India, play golf, have a good time and nothing. That was the moment that I started thinking about how can I do something which is not about me. Years back, when I had just started playing concerts in India, I had played a concert for the Spastic Society of India without knowing who I was playing for. It was just another gig. I was 20 years old. I'm getting a gig, Kamani Auditorium, New Delhi. Okay, this is the fee. Great. When I get up on stage, I see these two spastic kids coming up and giving me a bouquet. And I looked at the banner behind me and I realized that it was a fundraiser for the National Spastic Society. And something happened here. I took the bouquet, played the concert. I went off stage and I went to the lady. She came with the check and I said, I'm sorry, I can't take this money. And she looked at me and she asked me why. I said, no, I didn't know. I cannot take money from these kids. She said, you know what? We have issued this check. So why don't you do this? Please take at least money for your gas and you send us a check back. So I said, okay, that makes sense. I go back. I send them a check. That was when I was 20. Hum happened when I was probably, what, 30 or 40 years old. That memory came back. I was like, oh, you know what? This is it. God is now giving me the chance to do something. So HUM literally stands for, you know, Harmony Universality Through Music. But I felt the more powerful uh, acronym or meaning is HUM. In Hindi means we. HUM also means humming in music, right? But for me, it was more the we. Like, what can we do together? I went out and contacted friends that would know some kids that I could support on my own, ended up in this school for the visually impaired, met this little kid who was born visually impaired. He was playing an Indian instrument called the dholak. 
he played for me. He played well. I said, oh, give that to me. And I took that instrument. He doesn't know who I am, what I do. And I played in his school. And he kind of looking towards the sound. He said, hmm, you're not bad. <laughs> that was the moment. I fell in love with him. I hugged him. And I looked at the principal of the school. And I said, this boy is mine now. So I started this organization and I decided with my friends, let's support learning of music for this child. We started with this one kid, it grew to three, and now I'm very proud we have nine visually impaired kids. And that one little kid, God willing, I will bring him to you someday, if I'm able to bring him to the US, is a 17-year-old youth now and playing very well. If God still gives us the strength and shows us the direction, I'm hoping to get him some grant that he can come to the US and continue learning from me. But all nine kids are learning music completely sponsored by my organization. And out of the nine, actually seven are girls. All come from not so well-to-do families. So we support them financially to the point that the parents don't pull them off of learning music. So they're learning vocal music and instrumental music. And I'm very proud. It's not an organization that is there to benefit me in any way. How can we get involved? Because I remembered when I was looking at that aspect, and I see that there's a donation link somewhere there on the website, but how can I help? What if there's a child that I would like to go through your organization to do that, to give them an instrument to play? How do we go about that? We can talk about that because, you know, I have struggled. I will tell you, we had a sponsorship not from an Indian company. It was the CEO of a German company called Lanxus that I played a concert for. He invited me to have lunch, just like the talk I'm having with you. And he said, Sandeep, what are you excited about these days? And I said, I'm excited about this organization, but I don't know how long I can support it. I sent them a proposal to Cologne asking for money for one year. He wrote back saying, this is such little money. I don't want you coming back every year. Why don't we support you for five years? Wow. They supported it for five years, but that partnership is over because everything changed, the company changed. So again, for the last one year, it's literally from me and my friends, six friends that we support whatever. You know, I play a concert, I send them some money. So I would be very happy, especially if I can get help in getting this one boy to the U.S. Let's talk about it. How do we contact you? How does somebody contact you to see if they can help? So unfortunately, there is one problem. People living in the U.S. cannot send money directly to my organization in India because of the taxation system. We need a certain kind of a license in India, which is very difficult to get. And unless you bribe someone, you don't get that license. And I have refused to bribe someone to get that license. (laughs) So directly, you can't send money from the U.S., But if there is an entity in India, it's a not-for-profit organization. Whatever you support, you get 100% tax credit for that. So they can definitely get on our website and get in touch with my team or get in touch with my office through my website. And we'll be more than happy to get any support of any kind. What's the website? They go to sandeepdas.com. They can click on Home Ensemble and they will get all the information. What's the main message you'd like to leave everyone with? Life is too complicated. Don't make it more complicated by thinking too much. Go out, have fun. Spread love. Try to find out what that neighbor is playing. Why does it sound different? 
what is he listening to why does he fish the way he fishes why does he kayak the way he kayaks we are all the same the differences are all man-made the sooner we forget it the better life we'll all have but love 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 very important beautiful let's end on a fun note i'm going to offer you spiritual rapid fire i'll mention a few words and whatever comes to your mind just shoot it right out ready God or religion? God. Okay. Tabla or golf? Golf. <laughs> Tabla. Okay. Ocean or the forest? Forest. A movie or a book? Book. Tea or coffee? Tea. <laughs> Tea. <laughs> okay. Dancing or singing? Singing. Beautiful. I dance horribly. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Dancing and running. It's like a duck for me. It just looks awful. Yeah, you don't want to see me dancing. Even okay. if you save your life, you would rather say, okay, let me die. Sandeep, that's, you've been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us on We're East Meets West. You've been a delight. Thank you so much and love you and love all your people and hope to see you in person someday and play golf with you, pick your brain, and maybe play at your ashram with my group or something sometime soon. So take care. Love that. Thanks for doing that. I love that. I love that. All right, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed my time with incredible music composer, educator, and humanitarian Sandeep Das. We've talked about a lot, but the importance of what kind of information are you pulling in that you can still share your talent in that. It's not about us and them. It's about we, um. It's about us coming together. Please look out for him on his website, sandeepdas.com, to find out more about his mission, the harmony and universality through music. I think that's really a big one. And if we can all support it, it will be a wonderful gift for our humanity. Drop us a comment, a DM, anything that you'd like on either Eplog or America Meditating Radio, and we can talk more later. Thank you so much for joining us. All the very best. Take care. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.